0: Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off.
1: Uh, Next thing you know, I went pro, but I remember when he approached me, I said, since I don't want to fight. And he was like, you know... uh, you have to step outside your comfort zone. You, you need to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. And I remember him telling me that and I was so afraid to do it. I just remember that fear. And in martial arts, again, you know, we, we, we did wood breaking to break through mental barriers. And it was always things that we were afraid of because martial arts prepared us for life. Mm-hmm. And um, next thing you know, I'm, I'm getting better at it. And now I get paid to hurt people for a living.
0: Welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm a former NFL veteran, and now I'm a leadership and personal development speaker and coach. In this podcast, you will hear inspirational and humorous stories from leaders of all walks of life. From current and former professional athletes, coaches, authors, experts, executives, and successful business owners. Discover how these leaders not only overcame obstacles, but also learned core principles that led to their success when leading others. Hey, my next guest on the Shark Effect is is someone who uh, I met, man, about seven eight years ago through a mutual <laughs> friend, Clayton Hires, who was one of my guests on the Shark Effect. But um, this gentleman, uh, his claim. Yeah, at the time, claimed the fame. He was on TV. He was on TV in the Ultimer, the Ultimate Fighter, right, yeah. and even though he didn't win, I thought he should have. <laughs> he, he didn't win, but his his spinning back kick was. I mean, you just go on YouTube. But um, this guy, he's ranked ninth in the world in the middleweight division in the uh, UFC, and you know he's just a it's a good dude who who is um, who's I think different from most fighters. He's um, he's not just a fighter, man. If you follow him on 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 social media, man, he he brings a lot of um, attention not to himself but but different things that are going on in the world. He's not afraid to express his opinions and whatnot. So, uh, without Thank further ado, Uriah Hall, welcome to the Shark Effect. Thanks for having me, my man. Big Shark yeah. Effect right here. <laughs> Hey, it's so, been.
1: When was the last time I saw you? I don't remember. What was like a oh, eight years? No, six no, years remember, ago.
0: Six years ago. Yeah, because we we trained. You was getting ready for a fight. I can't remember, but yeah. you were. Um, you came up for a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks, and we worked out, trained, and I, I remember telling you, man. In, a, in another life, you would make a phenomenal free safety. You remember me telling you that?
1: <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I, I don't know how to play football. <laughs> I don't know okay. anything about the rules, linebacker, backer,
0: whatever. That, that's know. okay. That's okay. Man. I could have I could have taught you and molded you, you know what I'm saying? Like perfect, perfect size, perfect mentality. But, uh, yeah, that was quite some time ago. Man, tell me a little bit about your background, man. You, you're from Jamaica, moved to New York, and there was something that, that, that went on in your life where there was some bullying going on. Did oh that yeah, spark I Say again? Did that spark anything? Oh, yeah.
1: Um, I, if anything, it might have shaped and shifted my course to where I am today. But I came here in 1997 uh, to New York City. And upon arrival, I was bullied. And uh, you know, for kids um, in the junior high school realm, you know, you get picked on, you gotta fit in. I didn't understand that world because where I'm from, I've never been bullied. Uh, We didn't wear shoes unless it was special occasions. Uh, I guess I wasn't reintroduced to the world the way I guess America did, you know, and bullying was the first thing. And um, uh, the name calling and all that stuff just ruined my confidence and it got to a point where I was cutting classes and uh my mom decided to go to a therapist and right next door was a martial arts school, and we went in to sign up for like a trial, just try it out and uh end up falling in love and The funny thing was. I was teaching myself how to fight through a video game because I didn't have the money. I wanted to train, but I know my mom couldn't afford it because she was a single mom. So I was training myself by moving my furniture and and, and uh, uh, plugging the VHS, if you remember that. And, uh, I
0: do remember that.
1: <laughs> recording <laughs> the video game and then afterwards learning the moves. And when I started martial arts, I excelled so fast because of that and I just remember them asking me like, "How did you learn all this?" And I was like, "Uh," and I was afraid to say something. And even fast forward like maybe two years ago, or a year ago, a year and a half ago, I met the creators of the game because they heard my story, and I ended up speaking at Comic Con, and wow. it was just an awesome moment. So, what, but yeah, going back, what um, game?
0: You gotta tell. You gotta come on. Oh,
1: uh, it's, I didn't know if I could say it. It's called Tekken.
0: Tekken, it's a okay. game.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a fighting game. Yeah. So that game really taught me how to fight. And, of course, in the martial arts world, it's all about challenges. So my sensei at the time saw potential. Of course, I didn't. I just wanted to train. He wanted me to step outside my comfort zone. So he wanted me to compete in the tournaments that we had. And I was scared, of course. And uh, I did well. And next thing you know, he was like, you know, you should compete at a higher level. You know, amateur. I think I might have had couple of amateur kickboxing and uh next thing you know I went pro but I remember when he approached me I said Sensei, I don't want to fight and he was like you know uh you have to step outside your comfort zone you need to get comfortable with the uncomfortable and I remember him telling me that and I was so afraid to do it I just remember that fear and in martial arts, again, you know, we, we, we did wood breaking to break through mental barriers. And it was always things that we were afraid of because martial arts prepared us for life. Mm-hmm. And um, next thing you know, I'm, I'm getting better at it. And now I get paid to
0: hurt people for a living. So look at that, cool story. <laughs> Man, that's so cool. So I want to rewind and, you know, when you was, you know, your therapist,
1: uh-huh. and I don't know
0: how long that was, but right next door, there was that that was that uh, gym, right, right. Or, or that studio, or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Was it
0: something that you looked and you was like, "Oh, I want to do that," or was it mom's? Mom. Um,
1: ah, man, I I saw it and I was like, "Ah, karate," because I've always wanted to do karate. Okay. Even even as a kid in Jamaica, I remember watching karate like a small brief second. I must have been eight. But again, you know, I, I didn't I didn't come from a, a wealthy family. We grew up very poor, so my mom couldn't couldn't afford it. So even when she signed me up, she couldn't afford it. I remember her paying for something that she didn't even know how she was gonna pay for, but it was important for me to regain that confidence. And my sensei at the time, that dude, God bless him. He knew how to talk. Cause I remember having, when I signed up and I ran out of classes, I must've had literally 10 classes left and she walked out of there knowing that I wasn't gonna sign up because I, I dropped out of school. I dropped out of school maybe the 10th grade. And um, I loved martial arts so much and I hated school because you know, I didn't wanna go through that and there was a lot of bad kids. And I remember even the first time taking martial arts, I felt this overwhelming feeling of, feel, feeling of like, I can defend myself. I didn't know how to defend myself, but just taking three, four classes, I built up confidence. And I remember someone was picking on some other kid and they picked on me and I stood up out of nowhere and be like, yo, what's up? And it's like a small voice in my head going, dude, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) are you standing up for yourself right now? So martial arts is so important. It made such an impact on my life and I wouldn't be where I am today without it.
0: Man, I love that story, man. Just sometimes it's just like one or two things or maybe just one thing that can give you confidence yeah. Right, it could just give you confidence. Whether it was, you know, you, taking, and then, <laughs> or, or taking a class, and then yeah. you, know, you just need that little spark, to yeah. you know, especially that you know that sounds really cool to be you, Standing up, standing up for yourself. Yeah, and you know, because bullying that that that's been happening for eons, and now it's bullying eons. online. You know what I'm saying? Online,
1: yeah. all over. And I go to schools, I talk to kids, I do a lot of anti-bullying stuff, anti-bullying campaigns, one of my best friends, and he would go to school and invite me and I would talk to the kids about my story, what I've been through, and what a lot of these kids don't realize is just a chapter in their life. You know, I I remember at that point, I I almost committed suicide at 15 years old. I wanted to take my own life because I was bullied so much, I didn't want to go back to it. And I met a lot of kids who feel the same. In fact, I almost shoot up a school. And when I say that, I got beat up one time so bad that I got off the bus. First of all, before I got off the bus, I got beat up so bad, another bully I remember stepped in and was like, hey man, that's enough. Cause I got beat up so bad. Oh, wow. And I walked off that bus, walked home. I think it was six miles. I walked the rest of my, my destination. And I was just so angry. And I said, I'm going to get a gun. I'm going to kill him. And I'm going to kill everybody that left. I was thinking this at 50 years old. Ugh. I couldn't get a gun. And this was on a Friday, too. So this whole weekend, I'm walking around. And I kind of lived in a neighborhood. Where, you know, it was kind of like a mix and match. So I was asking, hey, do you know I can get a gun? And people are looking at me like, what the, what? <laughs> get the hell out of here. What do you mean, can you get a gun? I'm trying to get a gun because I'm like, Monday, I'm coming. And I wasn't thinking about repercussions. I was thinking to kill that kid that picked on me, and beat me up so bad. And it's a serious thing that's happening. And luckily I couldn't find a gun. And, you know, even the bully, the bully kept going. And I remember standing on my roof a couple of times to to take my own life because I, just, I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to be here anymore. And I had to let kids know that, you know, first of all, a lot of these kids that are picking on you, they're going to grow up and they're going to get fat. <laughs> So, you know, it's just a chapter in their life. And the moment they realize that their past is just a story, it doesn't have any power over them. And I take pride into talking to these kids because, you know, sometimes they need that voice. And in a big auditorium room, that one kid could have needed my voice that day because I know I needed someone to tell me, hey, it's okay. This is just a chapter. There's another thing after this called life. There's taxes. There's getting a job. There's having a family. There's getting a car and supporting yourself. There's more to it, and I, I just know a lot of kids feel like they're trapped. And um, I, I love it, man. I love to go to schools and talk to them. Man, I talk love that.
0: Them. I love that you're using your platform, man.
1: You know, what I'm Absolutely. saying
0: like being a celebrity, having a platform, doing some great things. Um, you know, in your in your world which I still don't understand a whole bunch of it. <laughs> I don't understand it's so how you protect yourself and then when they're down and you just jump on them and stuff, I know a little bit, that's about it. <laughs> it's, put like, there's no way I could do that. But um, it's, uh, it's great that you, um, that you have something like a, a you, well, you have your platform, but you're using it to benefit others. Absolutely.
1: I, I don't like to hurt people i'm I'm good at it, but i I didn't want to become a fighter you know my my sense kind of pushed me in that road and I kind of fell with it and even in early in my career i always I was always afraid you know to 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 take that step it's probably one of the scary, if not the scariest thing I've ever done you know i'm a modern day gladiator, so when I, I go out there, my job is to inflict pain and potentially kill you, and I don't have that mindset to kill you because I'm like a flower <laughs> but in a self-defense situation, I will bloom because I was taught to defend myself. But of course, you know, in the fight world, there's a lot of politics, a lot of edging, and you know, it's a mind game, and you have to play that mind game sometime, preferably in a lot of other sports, you know, whether it's football or, you know, people get amped up because it's competitive and we're athletes. But I just know one of the uh, imp- most important thing I can do for myself, especially as a, a professional athlete, I'm, I'm loyal to myself. I'm always gonna be loyal to myself, and it's hard because the world is constantly trying to shape and mold you. And sometimes you got to talk a little smack to get a heavy payday because let's face it, you know, the, the best fights are personal and people are drawn to that. You know, if someone's an asshole, they're going to be drawn to that. Oh, I want to see this guy get his butt whooped. Someone's a good guy, you know, they want to see him too. So bad publicity is always good publicity anyways. But I always have to remain true to myself because it's, it's one of the main things that I love about me. I'm okay with being hated because not everyone's gonna accept you. There's what, 7.5 billion people on the planet, and we fall into the category of pleasing everyone, except for ourselves. We, we fall out of the whole uh, loving ourselves and placing ourselves first. We hear it, we say it, but I don't think a lot of us really understand the, the main depth of really giving yourself attention, that alone time to sit with yourself and talk to yourself. That voice you hear in your head, that's you. <laughs> You know, so sitting down and really having a one-on-one conversation to get to the depth of really why you're not where you want to be, whether it's financially, emotionally, or spiritually, it's very important. So I take pride in, in owning who I am, respecting myself and, and putting myself first
0: and just being loyal to me. Absolutely. And how do you show, like, how do you, you show yourself love?
1: For me, uh, I, 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 I try to be grateful i have falling out of the category of being grateful because it's like, all right, what's next? It's good and bad. Cause it's like, all right, I need to move on to the next thing to, to be a better version of myself. But I forget what I have. I was homeless at one point in my life and I remember sleeping on in my office. You know, I remember taking cold showers in the winter because you know, they didn't have any hot water. And I remember that feeling and, even prior to that, growing up in Jamaica, we were poor, but the difference is I didn't think about it as much, mm-hmm. as more, it's like, I come, to, I came to America and America's like, yeah, you're poor, but I want you to know you're poor. Where in Jamaica, I was like, I'm poor, it's normal. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, being uh, in that situation where I didn't have certain things, I had to uh, uh, dig deep to become a better version of myself. So. I try to slow down to appreciate what I got. Like I'm looking at the McLaren 720, saying, "I want that car." I'm looking at the new Bronco, going, "Yeah, I want that." And I'm always, but I forget that I have a freaking badass Dodge Challenger with a Hemi. You know, I forget these small things. You know, I have a roof over my head. You know, I have a bed. And my little brother, one time when he came over, he looked at all my stuff in my house. And he's like, "Man, you you bought all of this?" I was like, "Yeah," and he's like. Yeah, you're, you, you made all that money with your hands. And it hit me, I was like, holy crap, I, I own all this stuff, this, this is mine. So one of the main things I learned to do is, is to show gratitude and appreciation of, of, of where I came from. And with that, it starts to blossom and my surroundings, of course, the same way I feed my body as an athlete with the right food to perform at an essential high level, I have to feed my mind. You know, I have to feed what's coming in with the right people, with what I'm reading, with what I'm watching. You know, I can't put junk in there. The same way I take out the junk food, I have to take out the junk out of my mind because then it starts to shape and mold me into something that I'm not. It's like social media. It's so addicting to most of us and we don't realize it. And next, you know, it grasps us. We all know it, but it's like it's so addicting. We can't get out of it wake up we got to check our phones and i'm scrolling away going what am i even scrolling for i don't even know what i'm scrolling for Going down What's the, the next rabbit next hole, thing. Going exactly down a rabbit, rabbit hole yeah so it's slowing down and appreciating uh where i've come from and going back to nature because nature always does it for me for me it's the beach i love the beach because the water calms me i love to take walks in the forest because you know i could hear the birds or listen to the the wind of the trees i connect with that and that grounds me and I think it's just so important and that might not be you know the same for some other people but I feel like whatever that can ground you bring you back to reality whether it's your, your mother's comfort or something simple as that, is always going to remind you who you are I personally believe we all have a purpose and absolutely the more the more I, I do this sport uh you know I went from wanted to kill you to now Hey, man, I can beat you up. We can go out for coffee, you know? So I'm, I'm thinking, how can I give back, whether it's my community or whether it's the upcoming generation to inspire them? Because I realize I'm not going to be able to do this forever. You know, I'm not going to be able to live forever. So what uh, legacy can I leave? What impression can I give? How can I motivate someone in a positive realm to, to give back for a better tomorrow? I love that.
0: Absolutely. I love that. Thank you. So I'm going to switch gears, yeah. you know, being in a fight game and whatnot. And I want to know, I want my listeners to, to know this too, but what, when you're preparing, like, so you got your opponent, mm-hmm. what is like the first thing that you do to kind of prepare or get ready for this match? Do you watch film do you do you follow them on social media? Do you <laughs> go right to the right to the you know to the gym? You know your coach. Like what is that? What does that look like?
1: Man, everybody has their own thing. Um, back in the day, what I used to love to do, I used to just go out there and figure it out. For me personally, it's a challenge. It's like if you can put me in there and I figure you out without even watching films, I beat you. I'm way better than you. It's like when I put like a a table together or I assemble some type of project, I don't read the manual because I like the challenge of figuring it out. That's just my aspect. Of course, Mm -hmm. as I'm getting older, I have to kind of think a little differently. You know, I'm not as fast, so I have to train differently. And, uh, right now I say, my coaches, they do more of that. You know, they have a better viewing from watching outside and, you know, I'll sit down and I'll watch maybe one or two tapes and, um, We'll come up with a game plan. But I'm the type of guy, I don't overcrowd my brain because when you're in there, there's so much happening that you have to have a singular focus. So I watch one tape and I'll pick one thing. If I pick one thing, that's all I could focus on and then I'll just get it. And I've done that for a you know, numerous amount of my opponents, but watching tape is definitely one of them. Of course, there's a training aspect. Let's say your opponent's a boxer. If your opponent's a boxer, then you'll know, all right, he's a stronger standing up with his hands. So where's his weakness? Uh, Maybe he's not a good ground guy. Maybe he does not a wrestler grapple uh, accordingly. So let me take him down. So I'll work my wrestling, if I feel more confident to take him down. Why fight him at his game when I can beat him easily here? Maybe my opponent is a kickboxer. All right, same thing. Maybe I can still take him down. Maybe my opponent is a wrestler. All right, I'm a boxer. So I have to work movement and angles to take that away. So it all depends on who you're fighting, what their fighting style is. I still have the old school mentality to be like, I don't care, I'm still gonna beat you. But at the same time, I have to train properly and accordingly to match that because the name of the game is to outclass your opponent. I don't wanna just beat you. I want you to leave the octagon going, damn, I need to rethink my whole career. So that's the type of level I'm on. You know? I wanna outclass you and do it way better than you. Let me ask you, was it like that in the beginning? absolutely not in the beginning it was more fun and and it's such a delicate mark i'm glad you brought that up because when 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 you start off in the sport for me at least it was the fun aspect of it it's kind of like the video game it was fun it was cool looking but it was fun and i know for a lot of athletes they stray away from that and that competitive nature comes in And next thing you know you know you're, you're trying to be better on the team next thing you know you're doing it for money next thing you know you're doing it for fame so it changes but I can't forget why I started. I started because it was fun, and I started because I wanted to be the best version of myself. I'm not gonna lie, I went away from that. I'm not gonna say I let fame get to my head. I'm gonna say I got distracted from the goal. And the goal was to uh, train my weapons, you know, to, to become uh, stronger than everyone, to become faster, to become more agile, to be more efficient. But again, as time is coming, just like a dog who ages faster, an athlete's gonna age a little faster the same way we put our body through that regular training, it's going to catch up. So I'm learning how to maintain certain things. I don't over-train as much, but I train efficiently in a short period of time. And it goes back to some of the stuff that you used to teach me. I remember one time where I was working, I was always like, all right, let's go, let's go. And you were like, no, 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 take your time, catch your breath. You did this rep really good. Now let's see how you do it when you get your breath again. And I remember you saying that. I didn't. I never applied it to my training because I was like, if I push myself, you know, I would I outdo would myself. But at the same time, I wasn't learning that I was building accordingly. So I learned that later on, and I never forgot that lesson you taught me. So it's all about progression and just fine tuning your skills, just like a car. You know, you change the oil a little bit, rotate the tires, do
0: it accordingly. That's right, because you don't, it don't say the same. <laughs> don't, don't say the same at all. <laughs> hey, my rookie year, I was, man, I was. I was thrilled to death. I couldn't wait for training camp. Like, training yep. camp is the, is the worst part of football. But, man, my first and second year, like, man, come on. I can't wait for training camp. I'm going to training camp. <laughs> man, towards the end of my career, I'm like, damn. <laughs> <In> <laughs> training camp be away from, the, away from the family for three or four weeks. Yeah. You know, it's just seeing dudes and facing the same guys every day. they, they getting bigger and faster and stronger. And I remember towards the end of my career, so it's my last year. Well, it was only my last year. I knew that was my last year because I started looking for the checks. Meaning we would get photocopies of our of our paychecks. You know what I'm saying? Like all of us had direct deposits. Right. But they would leave us a photo photocopy of our check, you know, in the envelope in your cubby. Uh-huh. I never used to look at it. I used to always know where my money was going and whatnot. But that year, my last year, I started looking in my cubby hole. Hey, is my check here? I look at it. Ooh, yeah. And then, <laughs> That's and then, your way out. After yeah, after a while, I was like, "Yep, this is about it. This, this is about, about it. it.
1: Yep." Because yeah, I, I think I'm almost there.
0: <laughs> but it, but it's something I'm you're still having fun. Like for me, man, that last year that was work. Yeah, That was, was work, and I was like, this ain't the same when I was 13 years old starting to play football, mm-hmm. and, you know, when I was a rookie, this this ain't it, you know? Not anymore. Yeah. It's,
1: not, it, it, it's crazy, because I never thought you – know, I don't think about it. My mind is still young, but my body's like, slow down, champ, and <laughs> give me a second, you know? Now I got to do, like, 30 minutes warm-up. I'm like, damn. But my oh, coach you know, made a 30,
0: comment – you? 36?
1: 36. That 36. meant you when I was, what, 29,
0: 8? Yeah, 28, 29. 36. Yeah. Man, if I was 36 still playing, you're <laughs> <ew. laughs> That's all right, man. Yeah. You're a professional athlete, 36 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I feel Let great. Let that sink I, in a little bit.
1: I, you, you know what? I don't I never thought of it like that. It's kind of like with the ranking. My buddy told me, you know, you ranked number nine in the world. I'm like, yeah, okay. He's like, no, no, no.
0: In the world. Oh my holy shit. It's a big planet. That's right. Even in China, in Alaska, (laughs) South Africa, (laughs) Zimbabwe. I don't know if I even said that right, but there's (laughs) Czechoslovakia. Most likely, (laughs) most likely you can whoop all of them. You know, between oh, yeah. your weight, whatever that yeah, weight is. In my weight. <laughs> you know what I'm
1: saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's cool, man. Again, for me right now, it's just slowing down and taking it all in. But I don't want to slow down too much, you know, because yeah. I know the up and counters are coming. They're hungry. They're looking at me. They're looking at me as a legend. They're calling me a veteran. Someone called me a veteran dealer. I'm like, hey, slow down, channel. I'm a <laughs> hey. You,
0: Mr. Hall. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's Mr. Hall, right? I I you Mr. Hall, Hall. You
1: me the honor. <laughs> but uh my coach called me benjamin button he's like man you like benjamin button man you getting older but for some reason you're, you're faster you know and i'm like yeah you're right even clayton the other day was like man what's going on with you man you ain't taking nothing right i'm like what no so
0: <laughs> well what is it exactly. I mean, what's the secret sauce you sleeping better you
1: not even i haven't slept in eight years but uh part of it's blackletic i think it's just my mindset my mindset has changed but for me speed has always been my thing and i've learned at a young age that if i think fast i'll be fast if i think it i'll do it you know i need to apply that thinking to other things in my life but i know if i think it i'm gonna beat you i'm gonna beat you at it and i just changed my mindset and over the years of course i went from other gyms i went to people that you know, either hurt me, they were my constituents, I know my confidants, the up and down roller coaster. So I have learned a lot. And that morphed me into being more myself. You said in the beginning, you know, I voiced my opinion. I take pride in that because I know a lot of people, they use social media for like, I don't know, to become a, something that they're not. Like I was having this conversation in my previous interview about uh, Instagram females. And I'm like, I'm a guy and I'm sick of seeing it. Like, what does that say? I'm a guy and I'm sick of seeing these females just throwing their body going, I'm, what do they say? I'm expressing myself. And you got like 14 million perverts just following you going (laughs) like, like what have you done for humanity? Like really, this is your superpower? So that shows that I'm getting older, of course. And you know, I'm not looking at the BS anymore. But I definitely look at growth as something that I've always matured to. Because I just, again, I just want to be a better version of myself. That's all I really got. I really don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, two, two of my idols passed away this year. Kobe and freaking Chadwick. And I'm like, wait a minute. Those are the good guys. So death don't really care. Time is undefeated, undisputed. And you never know. And the more I see stuff like this, the more... I realized the real importance of time because I will never get it back. And it's how I use it, how I invest it, who I invest it with. You know, am I wasting it or did I learn something from it? Mm. So it just changed my whole course. And, you know, if you change the way you look at things, the things
0: you look at will change. Absolutely. What's your superpower? Sorry, I got a little deep. <laughs> no, no, that, that, that's what this is about. I, I want people, I want, I want you to get deep. <laughs> your superpower? you're talking about superpower what's your oh, superpower man my
1: superpower right now you only got one
0: just give me one i
1: got one you got one um dang that that could mean so many things uh i think right now where i'm at i think my superpower is to be able to be me mm. I mean, I can say I'm talented at this. I'm, I'm great. I think I'm good at talking to people. I don't mind. I can have a whole conversation with anybody. But to be yourself, it's, to me, is one of the best feelings because it's like weights off your shoulder. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pretend, which I feel a lot of people do. You know, they, they, they don't, they stray from who they really are. They know who they really are. And it probably hurts them to not be who they really are. And I love the idea that I get to be who I really am. And I'm the type of dude, that will beat the crap out of you and be like, hey man, I'm sorry about that. You're okay, (laughs) you know? I don't have that, I'm gonna kill you, motherfucker. I I don't know that. And I've struggled with that for years because people told me, you have to be a killer. You have to, you have to. And I'm like, yeah, but I just love the competitive nature of the sport. I'm not a killer. I just know how to disassemble you really well. And I'll put you back together, and I'll just do it again. You know, that's that's who I am. And I remember my best friend years ago telling me this. she's like, you, you need to own who you are. You're a nice guy. It's okay. You, it's okay. And I'm like, no, it's not. I'm supposed to be a man. You know, you fall into this category. I'm a man. I'm supposed to drive a truck and, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you forget who you are. And right now, I think my superpower is owning who I am. I love
0: that. It takes – it. It took me years. <laughs> it took me years to figure out, like, who I was, what, how did I want to show up? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, what did I want to do? Football yeah. was, was me. And now football was gone. What what, am I going to do?
1: What am I going to do? do yep. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. That's what yeah. I'm thinking right now.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, you so used much, to. You have an idea, like, man, after, after all of this, after the fighting game, who is uh, Ryan Hall going to be? I'm not going to say what you're going to do. Who are you going <laughs> to? And then you can take that however you want to.
1: I want to be someone that represents clarity of of um, realizing self worth. You know, of realizing self value of the meaningful things that I personally feel as human beings we stray away from, and You know, I I don't know what part in the world I play that part in. I just know the life lessons I've taught a lot of students because I used to be an instructor. I I feel good leaving them with that mark because I've always told them, you know, the same way you work hard to achieve that front kick or that punch or that whatever is the same way life is going to come at you. It's going to be a little difficult. But the idea is to work through it. You're going to hit a wall. But the idea is to work through it, work around it. It doesn't mean you should stop. It just means there's another way to figure things out. And I just know that everyone's fighting their own battle. And, you know, we're all different. You, you see some people sometime, you're like, man, why does this person have a stink attitude? You know, like I buy Starbucks and this person had a stink attitude, give my, my my latte. I'm like, girl, are you angry at breakfast? So everyone's fighting their own battle and, we have to learn to realize that it's okay. And the fact that, to, 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 even I, convince my, I have to convince myself saying that I'm a human being, because I used to think, well, I'm a human being, but I'm an elite human being, you know? That's that athlete talk, oh, but yeah. It's, yeah, right, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I have to learn that it's okay. It's okay that, you know, I quote, fail at this, and it's just a new way of, of uh, bettering myself. to to become a better version of myself. And sometimes you might not figure out the first 10, 15, 20 times, but at 21st, you might just get it. But the idea is to not not stop trying. And I just want people to realize there's more to life than just these physical attributes and things, you know, there's more meaningful things where we can actually, actually come together. I mean, we can make this so-called life so much easier. We have the resource and everything, but yet we're divided with greed, with all these other things that makes no sense. And I, I'm just baffled of why we're struggling when we make it so hard for ourselves. But if I can put a be a representation to that, I'm all about it.
0: Mm. Love that. Love that. So uh so your upcoming fight, you're going against yes. Anderson Silva, who's better. How old is he? I think he's 10 years older than
1: me. He's 46, yeah. 10 years older than me.
0: He's 40, 46? I think, I think so, yeah. Oh, Lord. So, how was that, I mean, because I, that was one of the names back in the day that I do remember, even when I wasn't following the sport, but I remember about this guy who was just, you know. Doing
1: the ninja stuff, yeah. I mean, he's my idol. And uh, I personally feel that, you know, since my idol became my my rival, I made it. (laughs) That's like my my dream fight. I mean, eight years ago, I was sitting down on my buddy's rooftop watching, saying, wow, I love this guy, how he fights. I would love to train with him. Now I'm fighting against him. I mean, it's surreal. It's crazy. There's these crazy emotions. There's respect. And even at one point in our career, we crossed paths. Uh, there's always things to connect us. Like we were supposed to fight one time ago, five years ago. He ended up having a gold batter surgery. Uh, on the ultimate fighter, Chael was comparing me to him, but he was also saying you can beat him. Uh, videos of past promotions, I saw, I was crossing path in that video. One of my fights, he was, uh, I think when he lost to Chris Weidman, he broke his leg. He we were oh. backstage on the weigh-ins. Yeah, right? We were backstage on the weigh-ins and he looked at me because I'm sure he knew who I was and people were comparing us. He looked at me and he kind of, he touched his head and he made a fist and he kind of just went like this. And what I took from that was, you know, to believe in myself because I was still new in the sport. I was an up and comer and, you know, I was, I lost a couple of fights and there was people being hesitant saying maybe he's not the guy we think he is and I just remember being afraid. And for him, my idol to say, hey man, just believe it's okay. You know, it was a moment for me. And um, now that I'm fighting him, you know, and potentially be his last fight, it's an honor. Yeah, that's so cool. But it's still
0: crazy. It's still crazy. <laughs> yeah. I remember lining up against Jerry Rice the first time. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I used to I used to play video games against you. I <laughs> was a guy playing video games. And then all yeah. of a sudden, it wasn't all of a sudden, but then I'm facing him. Well, I got a chance to yeah. be with him for like six months straight. Yeah. He didn't say more than like five words to me. And then all of a sudden, we're, I'm drafted, and we're playing in the same – I'm facing him twice a year. And my first, awesome. time, my first time facing him, I was like, oh, God!" I wanted to shake his hand. <laughs> hey, Mr. Rice. <laughs> 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 but, but after like the first snap, and then I kind of got okay. I got to I got to be who I am. I was physical. I got to take the fight to him. So I had I tried to beat him up, like anytime time where it was run or pass. I was trying to be physical because I knew after watching enough film of him, he didn't like physical corners. It gave him trouble. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna be that guy, and that was perfect for me because that was who I was. And you know. I, it was, it was one of those deals like, okay, I had to also take the, take the number off of his jersey. I had to take the number 80 off because if I just stare at that number 80, then I'm like, oh, it's Jerry Rice. No. He's a receiver. He's just like, oh, he, and he's really good. Yes, he has a certain amount of skills, and he's very consistent, but he's just another receiver. He puts his pants on just like me. You know? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So no, that's that, yeah, that's I fantastic.
1: Know, one thousand percent agree with that. Yeah, it's the same thing with celebrities too. You know, like yep. people look at me as a celebrity. I don't think I'm a celebrity. I think I'm a regular dude. But people are like, oh my god. I'm like, dude, see this air? It's free, and we both breathe it, champ. The moment one of us starts paying, then yeah, you're more important. But as of now, we're breathing the same air, and I'm genuine. I'll talk to anybody. And I remember a couple of times that's I was true. talking to people on the plane or whatever, and. I was talking to this guy for literally maybe 45 minutes just normal stuff and then this other gentleman I guess knew who I was and like oh my god Mr. Hall Mr. Hall Mr. and then he's uh can I get a picture I was like sure no problem I take a picture and then the guy was like uh wh- well who are you and I was like ah you know I saved the baby once and you know <laughs> they just kind of remember what I was but you know his whole demeanor changed and I was another crazy story. I was in San Diego with my ex-girlfriend years ago and we were hanging out at some club bar and we're dancing, just hanging out. And this gentleman, you know, he was in our vicinity or whatever. And I just remember him trying to pay attention to this girl. And I was like, dude, just jump on it. Just start dancing. It's easy, bro. You start dancing with it, it'll be easy. And you know, I was trying to encourage him to take that leap. We're hung we're hanging out chatting for three hours. Just Chatted up, laughing, getting drinks. And at the end, you know, he was like, Oh man, do you live here? I'm like, oh, I'm just here for a couple of days. He's like, Bro, we should hang out again. Takes my number. I put my name in. That's when he realized who I was. <laughs> he was <laughs> like, Wait a minute. <laughs> you're right, all. And I'm like, Dude, we've been dancing for three hours and you just realized who I am. And of course, his demeanor changed. But, you know, I get it. If I meet Will Smith, I'll be like, "Holy shit, it's Will fucking Smith!" But like, yeah. I'm sorry for cursing.
0: No, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I'm be excited. I'm not gonna be like, "Give me a picture." It's Will Smith. I get to meet the man. I, I want to talk to I'm the man. It with him. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I-, I get it. And Clayton, of course, God bless him. I love Clayton. If it wasn't for Clayton, I would be an all time asshole. I mean. Fans would come up to me. I'm like, "Yo, leave me alone. Back up off me." Clayton's like, "Young fella, young fella, listen. You you can't be mean to everybody. They they gonna want to see you fight. They they pay to see you fight. That's money you're throwing away, you know." So
0: I love it. You sound just like him too, <laughs> young, fella. <laughs> young fella. Let me tell you something, young fella. Let me tell you something,
1: man. But you know, luckily I had people like him or Lisa Hires, his wife, that always see the best version of me and the better side to bring that out. Lisa always told me, just smile, just smile. I'm like, ah, right. I'll try to smile and stuff. So, you know, I, I love to engage with, with people and of course you're going to get the stupid ones. You're always going to get that. But, yeah. you know, I, again, I get to be me.
0: That's it. No, I think yeah. that's great, man. Especially with Clayton and Lisa. You yeah. Know, you know, kind of sound like they're mentors to you and whatnot. Oh, and you they've gotta, been there
1: since day one since day one
0: that's how I met you
1: and you know they've been by my side I live with them yeah so yeah they're
0: like my parents that I never had (laughs) that's great man so um man tell me man how do you how do you structure your life I know this is broad that's a broad one now you can take that however you want to but how do you structure your life um in terms of like you know foundations and whatnot do you you know, I mean, gonna, I'm going to let you dive into that,
1: however you want to take it. <laughs> well, right now, uh, funny story, my, my ex-girlfriend, again, uh, uh, we were dating and she invited me out to Dallas, Texas, and she's like, oh, you got to come check out this new gym. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do it. And she haunted me for weeks and I was like, fine finally came out fell in love with it just moved here to dallas because of the gym and the training and i think over the course of my career you know i went through that phase of not understanding things to saying okay this is happening to now okay what's the plan so if i can give a good statement the the title i would give myself right now in the chapter the title i would give this chapter in my life is urgency, because I think everyone has chapters in their lives. And the title I can give this is urgency. So what does this mean for me? It means that I feel like, you know, physically, I can't do this forever. Um, I still have it. There's there's a goal, there's becoming champion that I've started out for, but that somehow I've forgotten. And I'm still trying to make that happen. And of course there's politics and there's ways to play it, but now I'm doing accordingly. Where before I was like, I'll find anybody. For a professional fighter, that's not always a good thing. I didn't know that, you know, people have to strategically pick fights to get to where they want to. I'm an old-school mentality. I'm like, I'm a fighter. Why are we picking and choosing? We're fighters. But in this sport, you know, to get to that goal properly, you have to have that. And I have the best coaches right now that are guiding me properly, that are training me properly. And I had that in my younger career, but those coaches took advantage. And that led a lot of distrust to a lot of people that hurt me to whether it's financially it stole money or, uh, you know, whether people breaking my hearts or whatever, it, it led me to where I am right now. So looking back, I'm like, you know what? I'm where I need to be. Because a lot of times, you know, are like, man, if I was younger, I would have done this differently. But I wouldn't have been the person I am today. So I think that all that happened shaped me into where I need to be. And I know for a lot of people, they feel like they made a better decision or whatever. There's still time. I look at it this way: if you're still alive, there's still time, and whatever you want be, you know, whether it's still a doctor or a student, whatever, there's still time. It's just literally getting out of that mindset. But it's a choice. If you choose to fail, you will fail, and if you choose to succeed and plant the right seed, you know, you will succeed. But self doubt, negative thoughts, and all that—that that is the road to failure. So I've changed my mindset. Mm -hmm. And I've changed it to uh, 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 looking for the best. Like, I don't believe in like even bad days. I'm like, it might be bad, but it's an off day. That doesn't mean that I didn't get anything out of it. It means that I have to structure my training accordingly. Maybe I didn't feel physically great, but can I amplify that in a real fight? If this happens, how would I handle it? You know, I always look for the best out of the worst. And that's one of the things my mom taught me. Whether it's relationships, what did this horrific relationship taught you? What did this struggle taught you? What's the thing you can get out of it to improve yourself? And as I'm getting older, I think it started at 33. I started to just look at things differently. Everything is just shifting. And it's almost like I'm forgetting all the past mistakes. I'm using them, but I'm not holding on to them because I'm trying to just become a better version and I'm, I'm owning being who I am, which is still hard because again, you know, people what people want. People want to change you. People have an idea. Hey man, bring that old Uriah back. I'm like, that dude is dead. (laughs) This is Uriah 2.0. So it's owning who I am. And the urgency factor is I need to get to a place I've never been, but I also need to do something I've never done. And that's even stepping out further out of my comfort zone to become champion. And, you know, with that stage, I can improve whether my financial situation or even other people that need that inspirational talk or whatever. But I just know that that is where I'm heading. I want to write a book. I have a bunch of show ideas that I'm writing down. There are so many ideas I'm writing down. I'm like, holy shit, I never thought of this. But Les Brown said one of the richest places in the world is a cemetery. You know, people die and you take those ideas with them. So I don't want to, you know, I have great ideas that I feel it can improve this world or even myself. So, I'm just taking steps now to do things I've never done, taking risks, you know, hearing the word no and still going. Whether it's trying to become an anchor and people are like, ah, no, this person there, or ah, no, you don't fit the criteria. Okay, no problem. I'm
0: still going. Well, mm. before I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll stop. Mm. That's good. <laughs> I love that, man. Uriah, man, how can my listeners get a, a hold of you? like – you have a website. I know you got some social media. Can you share some things that you're your passionate um, about or how, how they can get in touch with you?
1: Yeah. Um, uh, what, what do I have? Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to so stay all away over from the it. He's all <laughs> over the
0: place, you I, uh, I,
1: I have Instagram. Um, uh, it's my name, Uriah Hall. Uh, I should be wearing, like, a, a – what do you call that? Canadian suit, a Canadian um, – Jeans suit, um, jean,
0: right? Uh, yeah,
1: like a uh, jean shirt and a jeans pants. Okay. I didn't even know that was a Canadian thing. <laughs> but I'm on I'm on uh I'm on Instagram. Um I don't really use my Facebook because I feel like there's too many Karen's and soccer moms complaining, so I'm like, I don't need that. <laughs> uh, Twitter is just for trolls because Twitter is just there's there's no repercussion for the things you can say.
0: Okay.
1: Instagram I can at least share some stories, some positive feedbacks. I have yeah. friends and families. So I would say Instagram, just Uriah Hall. Okay.
0: Man, hey, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for being a guest on the Shark Effect. Thank man. you for having me. Sorry it took so long. No, I, no, that's okay, man. I'm glad we <laughs> finally got you on, man. Finally yes. got you on. It's great, man. Well, I know you got a busy day. And, um, yes, man, sir. I really appreciate you, big dog. Anytime, brother, anytime. Thank you All so right. much again for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Shark Effect Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at thesharkeffect.com. Thanks for listening. It's here, finally. My book, The Ultimate Playbook for Higher Achievement, you can get it on Amazon in the uh, paper paperback version, or you can get it on Kindle. And who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking to, to transition, what, whether you was an athlete, or an executive, or a successful entrepreneur, or whatever. If you're looking to transition into something different this book can help you i break it down and i lay down the foundation of who you want to be i have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership which is influence and you got to understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making that can help you with influencing others and how are you influenced i have chapters in there that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment, and adjustment, um, recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter, developing your own procedures, creating relationship roadmaps, using adversity to your advantage, right? Because we all go through tough times, but how do you flip it? How do you use it to power you, okay? And then developing your own standards. So, these are things that can help anybody, not just, not just athletes.